0: Hey, Pastor Freddie T here, Pastor of Real Life Church in Sango, Tennessee. I'm so glad you've joined us on the podcast today. You may be local, you may be somewhere else in the world today, but I'm glad you are here. We've got JV, Jonathan Vinson back. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast long at all, you know he's the he's it's the Batman and Robin, it's the Abbott and Costello. Jonathan brings the secret sauce to the podcast. So uh, it's a good day to kick things back off uh, after uh, a great summer, uh, but we're back in the lounge reporting the the podcast for you, faithful listeners. Hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, and uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at eight thirty or ten a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at real life, you can text mission to 97,000. Now enjoy the podcast.
1: Welcome to the podcast, JV. It's been a while, Freddie. <laughs> Welcome back. Golly Pete. It's been May. No, it's June since I think I've been on this mic.
0: Jonathan, you're old enough to probably be able to just rattle off the Welcome Back Carter song.
1: Welcome oh, back. Oh, no, I used to watch that. <laughs> religiously with with wally yeah it's been i see it's been how many weeks since i've been on this podcast two months
0: has it been that long almost
1: two months to the day yeah
0: Yeah. wow
1: i don't know i can do this anymore
0: oh whatever people we've been getting hate hate mail because jb's not been on
1: the podcast and what y'all did this summer was good going over the core values and gosh the mission statement i can't remember all that stuff i kind of just like (laughs) checked out on a couple i was like i can't remember all this but you and tim or associate pastor nussbumber did a great job
0: oh yeah yeah The
1: pre-tapings kept it rolling
0: well this morning in the shower as i was getting in the shower i have random thoughts and one of the random thoughts i had was who's the smartest person in our church and i thought well jv's up there at the top yeah definitely so i seriously doubt that you can't not remember the mission statement i don't ask you
1: yeah. no <laughs> I, I i was telling i think timmy or tim or social pastor news bummer, <laughs> two or three weeks ago i was like golly pete i don't know I've, i think i've forgotten all that since last may but uh, oh yeah well no, we'll just, we'll no, just have no.
0: to do like a review you no know? no no, like,
1: no no we're not doing that no test this morning <laughs> it's my first day back at school
0: yeah uh, well you know what's funny this part of the real life story was i was i was reading a book called church in the making by Ben Arment when the lord called us to plant the church so i'm on my way back from nashville to phoenix on the plane kind of reading this book and ben arment in his book is poking fun of mission statements and purpose statements because you know because he says like every church ought to have the same mission statement make disciples like jesus gave his church's mission that's right. right that's right and then and then he's kind of poking fun of these purpose statements because, like, in his experience, it's like churches form a committee, and they spend months and months and months. And the purpose statement that emerges is this clunky thing that, like, everybody got their word and their phrase in the purpose statement. Yeah. So it has, it's, like, not smooth, you know. And they put it up on the wall, and it doesn't mean anything to anybody. Yeah. And Ben, in this book, he argues that a church ought to have a mantra thus, keep it thus real. came keep it real keep it jesus you know and man he was so right because like that language has gotten such life yeah you know in the life of our church but yeah welcome back i so miss doing the podcast with you
1: yeah i've missed it too i'll tell you it was um it was this lounge as, as some people know we we tape this in the lounge at the office it's been kind of dark all summer we don't oh, yeah. we haven't really used it at all really since you and Tim and Daniel taped the summer podcast series. I I don't really rarely come in here. Now, Rach is back. Kids are back in school. So it's getting life again. I went
0: away. It's summer from here. Yeah.
1: Give us some thoughts about your your time away.
0: Sure. Well, what I was going to say was, is I went away and out front, there was just Vincent Law. And I returned and now there's Vincent Law and Townsend Townsend Title. So you guys have been moving and shaking. We've been
1: busy this summer trying to separate out some things but yeah we've uh it's it's a good thing it's a good thing so yeah uh, a couple things yeah so tell me about your summer
0: yeah well i I took about a month off i just kind of stacked all my vacation days on top of each other in july and um we went we went to atlanta to watch jack play baseball right after student camp it was good um susan and i got away to mexico just me and her and it was great um
1: I would sing a Mexico song, but it seems like all the Mexico songs out there have beer or alcohol in them, so I'll just <laughs> let it go. <laughs> I don't even know a Mexico song. What do oh it, yeah, I just you have a to Mexico give me an <laughs>
0: Um, you know, we found a little Airbnb down in Tulum, Mexico. Tulum is an hour and a half south of Cancun. You know, so it's pretty affordable to like. It's a pretty affordable way to get out of the country. Jonathan, I've found that like I, the further away I get from home, the better I rest, and um. I, you and I talked about this like really, really briefly, like this summer how tired we both realized we were. Um, what the one of the first days that I was off, I slept till noon, and I never do that. And it was like my body, it was almost like being on vacation. I gave my body permission to sleep till noon, and it was like, okay, body, I'm listening to you. You know, um, well, we found this great Airbnb. Everything about it was amazing. But there was construction going on next door like the whole time. Jackhammer.
1: And these guys,
0: they work from dawn to dusk, you know. I mean, even sometimes past dusk. So that was a little interesting. The good part about it was the owner ended up giving us half of the, like, half off what we paid. And then said you could come back sometime and pay half. You know, and I was like, "That's, that's really great customer service. So. Um, but we had a good time, you know, we just, a lot of relaxing, swimming in a cenote. Here's one funny thing about our trip. We, we had been to Tulum, Mexico once before, and we discovered these things called cenotes, which are like these underground water caves, you know, and some of them are covered with a ceiling and some of the ceilings have fallen through. So for the ones that the ceilings have fallen through, it it almost looks like a pond, but it's a cenote. And... So it's fresh water, cold, and it's good for snorkeling. So we go swimming in this cenote that we've swam in before and we and it kind of winds all the way back and it's in it's covered it's surrounded by a mangrove. So a mangrove are these like plants that float in the water. So they look like trees, you know, or big plants. But there's no base on them. It's just roots that, like, poke down into the water. So if you had to get out of the cenote quickly, like, if you tried to climb up on the mangrove, you would just, like, kind of fall back in the water, right? So we go swimming through this, you know, and there's people swimming through well, We finally get all the way to the back corner, and it's just me and Susan, and it's quiet, and nobody else is around. And I look over, and I see what looks like a crocodile. Have I told you about this?
1: No. I'm, <laughs> I'll, I'll follow up with this story, but
0: and I look, and, and, and so the angle that I have, Susan can't see it. And I'm like, sweetie, I think there's a crocodile over there. And, and, you know, and she thinks I'm joking. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. So then she's like, then she gets nervous. She still thinks I'm joking. I said she thinks I'm serious. She thought I was joking. Yeah. She still thinks I'm joking, but she's beginning to get a little nervous. So she starts kind of like swimming away. And then I start getting nervous because I know what I'm looking at. So I just assumed, okay, somebody like built like a wooden crocodile and they stuck it back here in the far corner that if like you make it to the back, you might say, okay, pause. Here's the funny part, okay? So when we pulled up to the cenote and I walked up to the counter to find out how much it cost to get into it. And the guy tells me. And then as I'm walking away, he says, he says, "Don't pet the crocodile," and I laugh, and he laughed, you know, and I'm like, "Funny joke," <laughs> you know, and um, and so I go back to Susan, I'm laughing, and I was like, "He said, don't poke," the- he just said, "Don't pet the crocodile," you know. Well, there, there we are, you know. Which so, crocodile? so now I'm putting it together, and I'm thinking, okay, he told me don't pet the crocodile. They put a wooden crocodile back there, you know, Jonathan. It was a real crocodile. So so we start swimming out and there's a guide who's like guiding these two other people. And and um and I don't know if Susan or, or I brought it up and she's like, You saw the crocodile? You're so lucky. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh and I was like, Hey, she doesn't believe me. There's a crocodile back there. And uh and the guide said, uh she said, Oh, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, there's a crocodile. And she said he came when he was a baby. And uh, just stayed, and so he like grew up around all these people swimming. Th- and he's, she's like, every now and then he comes out and swims with the people, you know. <laughs> Anyways, so freaks Susan out. We swam with the crocodile, and there you go.
1: Well, so for those that have <laughs> younger kids, <laughs> yeah. there's a show called Octonauts, like eight sailors. Octonauts. My son is a prolific watcher of Octonauts. We got in a season of watching it, and there is one called. Don't know what the episode's called, but it's all about a cenote. So I've learned really? more about deep sea stuff from octonauts than I've ever learned in a textbook. And so one of them is this cenote. They're in Mexico and over somewhere uh, south of us. And it has these two iguanas sitting. On top of the entrance to the cenote, and they say, "Don't go into the cenote because you won't come back." Are out. you
0: kidding me? This is hilarious. So when you
1: just said cenote, I immediately went to a little like <laughs> hives because I would listen, listen very clearly. If he said, "Don't pet the c- crocodile," I would not have gone in. <laughs> <laughs> if he said there is no crocodile i would not have gone in uh so uh, so for those that want to watch auction look it up it's funny you'll understand more what freddie did because it's you have to go underneath and come back up and go underneath you lose oxygen you die because of there's some mangrove crocodile eaters out <laughs> so there, we were just
0: so. snorkeling we weren't scuba diving thankfully but um <laughs> but they cenotes are everywhere down there they're mm-hmm. all over the place they're like sinkholes in clarksville tennessee you know yeah, they're yeah. everywhere Um, so anyways, we wrapped up some time. Susan's a homebody. So she came home and then I, I took, I took my two oldest boys to a baseball game. And then I met a pastor buddy up at, in Boston and, uh, Boston. Oh, listen, Boston. Boston. I had probably the best baseball experience I've ever had in my life. Uh, I've been to the World Series, so maybe this second. But Fenway Park, I was not ready for the glory of Fenway Park.
1: That's in Boston.
0: The iconic green monster. It was amazing. Jonathan, there was a rain delay. And in most baseball parks, when there's a rain delay, half the people leave. Nobody left. They cranked the music. It was a dance party in the whole stadium. Everybody went crazy. I couldn't believe it. And... um it was just so amazing seeing a game in Fenway, and the crowd was awesome, you know, almost enough to make me a Red Sox fan. Um, so that was pretty awesome. Um, you know, my favorite thing to do anywhere is go and use bookstores and coffee shops and track them all down. And so Jackson Mosher, a local pastor here, met me up there, and we just we had a great time, you know I, it was um, It was a very life-giving time and um, I needed it more than I knew. And I I was well rested. I would not say I experienced deep soul renewal. Um, But, you know, my hope, people have said, hey, how was your sabbatical? I said, it wasn't a sabbatical, it was a vacation. I hope after we build the building, I'll take a a real sabbatical, you know, and experience some deep soul renewal. But very thankful to have rested and come back a little renewed. Sunday felt good, you know. And um,
1: JV, you had... Welcome back, Mr. Cotta. Uh, Thank you. You, you mentioned welcome, that before we started, Mr. Cotta. Mr. Cotta. Mr. Mr. Cotta, Welcome um, back.
0: The well, summer was busy for you guys. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. We were we were busy. It was good. It kept us kept us going.
0: And uh, I know you don't want to talk at length about this, but yeah, you don't. you said goodbye to your dad. Your yeah, dad yeah. died mm-hmm. this summer.
1: Father died not unexpectedly, but it's always expectantly, but unexpectedly, and uh, you're never ready for it. And yeah, it was. He uh,
0: lived to the ripe age of
1: ninety-one. Would have been amazing. ninety. He's four months shot in ninety-two. Uh, and yeah.
0: So we're not going to talk about it. But what you want right now? What do you want real lifers to know? Uh,
1: So it's it's nothing really that life shattering. But it's I've told people, and I say it's funny because I don't have a better word for it. But uh, he, you don't realize, like with my father, I I say I've known him for fifty years. Which of course, when I was a baby, I didn't really know him. Mm -hmm. But um, he is the one person I knew longer than anybody else. And so when he's gone, he's gone. You know, every morning, this morning, when I'm, mm-hmm. it's always called my father in the morning and the evening,
0: mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm.
1: when I back out, first thing I think is I got called dad and I did it this morning. Wow. And so, uh, it's not one of those things, you know, invest in your kids, your parents while they're here. Cause they'll be gone one day. It, it is that, uh, even if you are investing, it's just, it's, it's very kind of a, it brings eternity to earth for me that this is such a blink of the blink of the eye so anyway that's my thoughts love you man yeah i was so it.
0: sad i didn't get to be here you know with you and- oh
1: it's good I, I didn't even want the visitation my brother and the family taught me in doing a visitation so we had a 45 minute visitation for those that showed up late you missed it so uh but yeah no no it was good he died uh a month ago friday believe it or not so it's crazy love you, brother it seems like three months ago
0: you've kicked off your summer study
1: yeah halfway through it absolutely
0: y- yeah you've been so fired up you've studied and read so much for it. Yep. Uh the anticipation was huge for this. How is it?
1: It's great. Uh Daniel Cox taking care of us again today. Um he's he's in the class. Um it is uh it's just been a big overwhelming big ball pushing up a hill and I thought when you get to the actual teaching it would roll down faster and it seems like it's this. It's not just a big stone ball, it's a big yarn ball that you just keep winding up and winding up. So it still, I will say, has been most life-altering study I've ever done. Come in on! Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's really helped me understand the basic fundamentals of God's creation, how He created us, and our value in what He's given us in the Sabbath. The in the, the Sabbath. In the, in the, Sabbath. Shabbat. That's what in the, the Shabbat. In the Sabbath.
0: That's what the study is on.
1: Sabbath. Finding our value in the Sabbath. So we've had some folks trekking along with us for three weeks, going through multiple slides. It's been a good conversation. Um, we're all kind of learning and walking in the darkness seems like coming into the light.
0: When you describe it like as a, a ball of yarn... Can you flesh that out? Yeah, it seems like
1: it's this little ball of yarn, and then you just kind of wrap it up and wrap it up and keep wrapping it. Before you know it's this huge ball of just truth upon truth upon complexity of what the Sabbath can really mean and what it does mean, not what it can mean, but what it does mean. And as you look through the Scriptures, it's just prolific of every theme of the Sabbath and why He gave it to us. And how we're why we're supposed to remember it or keep it or practice it, however you want to look at that. Yeah, it's just been great.
0: Would you say it's like one of the most like underappreciated biblical concepts?
1: So it's so funny because I always I presented it this way, and we have a restaurant owner, by the way, in the in the in the class. But you I have was a what? A restaurant owner in the class. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and I always said, I remember in my days of learning the Sabbath was not that we followed that, but we. We don't work on Sunday. We rest on Sunday, and we shouldn't go out to eat because we're making other people work. And and that was the totality. Other than you know, <laughs> liquor stores were closed, and you know what, all that other stuff, and it, or the you know blue laws, and that was my understanding of the Sabbath. And it, it's such a perversion of where God really was trying to give us. The benefit of the Sabbath, the Lord makes up for us, and us for the Sabbath.
0: So. so, what you just said piques some people's curiosity Hope because so. that's their totality understanding of the Sabbath, right? That's right. So, if they wanted to plug in to yeah. it, come on, yep. So we still what, got three weeks left. How would they do that?
1: Uh, text ninety-seven thousand, a mission to ninety-seven thousand. I don't know how would Excellent. they do it. I yeah, think you but could reach do out that. to the church. Yeah,
0: yep. summer studies probably is still on that menu. Uh, text 90, mission to ninety seven thousand. Yeah. They could if they sign up, you'll get alerted. You'll shoot them a line, yeah. give them the address. Absolutely, all of that. You guys are at Polly and Clifffield.
1: Polly Cliff perfect host for us. Beautiful hope, beautiful view over the Timmy river. Timmy was telling me about it yesterday. Oh my gosh, it's so it's so Shabbat-ish. Uh No, I was kidding. It's it's just really. Be- it's a beautiful place. Great people are there. We're learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. Um, thank three weeks for, left.
0: Thank you for teaching. Oh yeah. Thank it's just, you for teaching. God has gifted you as a teacher brother.
1: Well, you haven't heard the three weeks, so you don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel <laughs> might disagree otherwise, but, uh,
0: Hey, can I tell you a funny joke yeah. before we go to a break? This woman was married to a preacher and, um, she, uh, the, the man found a box under the bed and, in her and his wife, Told him, Don't ever open the box. It's a shoebox under the bed. Don't ever open the box. Well, you know what he wanted to do.
1: Open the box? Of
0: course. So he opens the, the box, and in the box there's there's like four eggs and then there's like these stacks of twenty dollar bills. Right. Have you heard this? Nope. There's these four eggs and these stacks of like just dozens and dozens of twenty dollar bills. And um and the man, like his curiosity absolutely is eating him up. He knows she said, Don't open the box, but he's gotta know. Like what are these eggs? And was this money, you know? So finally one morning over coffee he confesses to his wife, I opened the box. And um he said, What what are, what are those eggs? And she said, Well now now granted, he's been pastoring for like twenty, twenty years, right? Um and and she said, Well, she said every, every time you preached a sermon that was an egg i put i put an egg in the box and he's like whoa four eggs in 20 years and he said what's the what are the, what are the 20 dollar bills for and she said well she said uh she said i would i would sell eggs for 20 dollars a dozen and so every time we got a dozen eggs i would sell them for 20 bucks <laughs> I got it. Yeah. <laughs> He'd preach a lot of eggs.
1: I got it. I understand.
0: So you saying you've taught like some eggs? No, yeah. I
1: thought, <laughs> so they were, I thought you were going to say eggs. they were crocodile eggs. <laughs> um, Isn't that hilarious? It is. It is hilarious. Absolutely. I am like, just thinking $20 remember. a dozen eggs. I learned, that's a
0: that, eggs. Like, I, know, I learned that like this week, but I can't remember where. Hey, let's, let's take it. a break. We'll come back and yeah. talk about Sunday. Let's do it. Are you in a community group at Real Life Sango? If not... Why not? You know, we're not meant to live life alone, isolated from people. God wants us to be a part of his family. Community groups are where strangers become friends and friends become family. Let's not let the ideals of our culture today, of of consumerism and radical individualism, isolate us from the family of God. Take a step today. Find your people. Step into community, text mission to 97,000 and scope out the community groups. Sign up for one, don't wait. Find your people today.
1: We are back. All right, so you came back, Timmy, excuse me, Associate Pastor, News <laughs> Bomber. Um, did a great series. He started off with COVID. Uh, he did, he was, yeah.
0: he was scheduled to pre- yeah. He asked me, He said, yeah. Hey. If I got COVID or something, like, who's, who, who needs to preach? And then, sure enough, he got COVID.
1: Yeah, and I was actually with Dad uh, in a half-COVID ward, uh, in a COVID room. Mm. And, uh, anyway, so when he got it. So anyway, uh, so he did four weeks on rhythms. He, first week was the Sabbath. He completely stole. No, he didn't. <laughs> he he, uh, he took the stage and, like, he he preached everything I want to teach about in six weeks. So oh but he did a gosh. great job, but... Um, so he went through the rhythms. I won't go through that. And then you've come back, and you've chosen to go through a sermon series on prayer. So it's interesting. I was I was intrigued. Just why did you pick prayer?
0: Oh gosh. I, I mean,
1: not that I understand prayer is not yeah. important, but why prayer? Why not going through finished Luke? Why not start new beginnings? Why prayer?
0: I wish I I wish I had like a really wow oh, answer to okay. this. No, it's. Yeah, we've we've been preaching through Luke for a long time, Mm -hmm. and I get in this place with Luke where it's like, I'm preaching through the book of Luke, and then Easter rolls around. That's right. So I fast forward to like the cross and resurrection account, the passion account, Mm -hmm. and then I feel like I'm like a little out of kilter with the book of Luke, because it's like, well, Mm -hmm. fast forwarded, now I'm going back, you know, and all this, but it's been a long, it's been a long, a long study. And um, I, you know, I like doing shorter book studies. Mm Mm-hmm. And then a topical series, a shorter book study, a topical series—not a topical sermon, but a topical series. No, I got you. Yeah, and um, yeah, you know, I, um, I, you often like to teach out of the overflow of, right. of what's impacting you, right? That's and right. I learned that acronym, the prayer acronym: Acts, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. I learned it when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I've carried it with me, like, now into my 40s. And um, in this room, I discipled, like, th- three or four young teenagers. And this is what I, like, trained them in. And one of them is now a senior in high school. But last year, I, I, I had him, I encouraged him to lead his family in prayer. And he did. I told him. I said, "Invite your mom and your brother to get on your knees and lead them in prayer." And I said, "Your little brother—he's probably going to make fun of you, you know." Mm-hmm. But I, but I just want you to. He did it. Mm-hmm. His little brother didn't make fun of him. Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, he was a junior in high school, and he had the confidence to lead his mom and his little brother in prayer on their knees in their home. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think I think like that real life moment of like unseen discipleship, Mm -hmm. like it just stirred my heart to want that for our church. And, um, and as a pastor, what I said Sunday is so true. Everybody has a different experience in prayer, Yeah, you know, um, a good friend of ours went to lunch with him probably a year ago and, um, and like before our meal, I can't remember if I said it or he said it one of us said something about like praying it, but it wasn't real clear if I said I'm going to pray or do you want to pray or what you know, the next thing you know, he prays and then says, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but he, but he prayed out loud. And, um, so it's just kind of this, like, as I shepherd our congregation, I just thought, what would be helpful? Like, what would be helpful? That's what I want to do when I preach is I want to be helpful. And, um, So that was really the motivation. Is I thought, and then, and then one other time, sometime a couple of years ago, I used the acronym ACTS and I gave it to the congregation like as a little takeaway application. And, and one of our members texted me during the week a picture of him at Rotary Park and said, I went on a walk and I'm using the acronym. So helpful. You know, again, there's that word. And, um, and so I struggled to know. I've got a couple of other little sermon series that are kind of cooking in my heart, um, but they just weren't ready to come out of the oven, so to speak. Yep. And um, and I thought, this is a great way to kick off the new semester, equip our congregation to have confidence in in prayer. So
1: that's it. So you had three points, punchlines. I don't know what you want to call them. But, you, you, you know, I've been doing these slides recently. Yeah for this so it's so hard to know where you get graphics so i was like how did he make the little rooftop
0: oh uh, yeah so i'm like it hit
1: me he probably did like a big arrow and had a little box and so i'm sitting there thinking it's an app called canva oh my gosh there he is i here i've been trying to create to draw them with a little pen anyway so i one i was just intrigued with the logo but yeah, yeah. you do have three points and yeah, that is yeah, pray kind of little, yeah pray out loud yep every day at home at home every day. Yeah, And so, you know, I remember you telling me the story about the student last spring. Um, and and actually, you called the men of the church up sometime earlier this year. I think it was yes. this year. Yes. Yeah, and yes. saying yes. the same thing. Yes. I don't know if it's near Easter. I don't think so. Yes. I can't remember. Yes. But you, you said the same thing. It's yes. just you're important to lead your family. That's right. That's right. And you lead your family on your knees. That's so good. Every day. Yeah. Praying out loud. And uh, so I think it's really a really great story. You went through acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You went through that. And I don't want to go back through that this morning. Yeah, you can go back and listen to the, to the previous podcast on your podcast app. Um, but I do want to go through the why and the importance of prayer. Okay, so can I give you a little bit of—I've told you the biggest thing that I struggle with and have struggled with— in my, what we call the Christian walk, um, but in my relationship with my Creator and my Savior. is prayer, and and this is the reason. And I hope this connects with at least one podcast listener. If it does, let me know. And that is, God already knows. Um, He already knows when I sinned. He already knows what I'm thinking. He already knows what I need. He already knows what I want. It's kind of just like inefficient, <laughs> I should be going out there doing something. I feel that. And because he already knows. And yeah. it's not that he just knows I'm a sinful person. Yeah. He knows the struggles that I have. And you talked about supplication. You don't want to just come to God all the time and say, God, I need, God, I need. Because he goes in Luke 11, Matthew 6 is the other counterpart. But, uh, Luke 11, at the very end after he teaches us how to pray and goes through that. Why would you not go to your Father when you are in need and ask for? And why would he not give you what you need? Uh, so he goes through all that in the Scripture, which is really important. But but I struggle with prayer because, and this is not a good word. Silly is not a good word. But I think it's just like, ah, uh, God already knows. So does God know? Yeah, God does know. God knows when you've sinned and when you need to repent. God knows the needs that you have. God knows where you're, you're, you're deficient, and where you need to strengthen. So why does He ask us to pray? Uh, and you make a you made a big point in the sermon about that. Why? How can I heal better? Or why can I do this better? Or why can I do this better? Why did the disciples stop and say, "Teach us how to pray"? And it's probably mm. because he was praying a lot. <laughs> in fact, in this verse, he's he's praying a lot. And it, Matthew 6 is a little different account about the Pharisee mm-hmm, mm-hmm. praying out loud, but he was praying a lot. Now, this is God, the Son, the Word that created all things, and he is stopping all of his work. He's only got a couple, three years to do all this, what I would call release in my Shabbat series, um, this forgiveness, this healing. Why in the world would he stop and pray to God the Father, which is really part of him as eternity? It gets complicated. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. And so if we if we if we follow by example from our creator and our savior, well we just do it. And sometimes you just kind of do it <laughs> because, well, he did it. Yeah. And but there's gotta be a reason why he did it. Yeah. And it wasn't just so that he could check a box of obedience. We're about to eat a meal. You just yeah. said this. Who doesn't feel com- uncomfortable when you go out with a church group <laughs> and then someone's got to pray over it? You know, and <laughs> why don't we pray all the time? Why is it yeah. that a minister's with us or it's a church group that we feel like now we have <laughs> right. to pray? And if it's right. at home, maybe we don't. Maybe yeah. it's out loud. Or I mean, out out in public, we do. We don't. So what is that? And I think it's just very intriguing. For I think. You know, it's always, well, oh, I didn't want to ask the question because I didn't want everybody else to think I was dumb. Yeah. Well, I think 99.9% of the people in the congregation on Sunday were saying, well, I just struggle with it. One, because I just don't understand it. Mm. And some things we do, Freddie, that we don't understand because mm-hmm. we, we, we follow by example. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would love to hear, I know I've put you on the spot a little oh, bit. Oh, no, that's good. And I've got some thoughts about it. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Is why do we pray?
0: Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, it's one word. Okay. It's a relationship. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it. You okay. know, I mean, the the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. So, you know, I, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday afternoon, Pastor, T- Pastor Timmy and I went to Nashville night before last for a little work retreat. We worked late into the night, woke up working late, in the, early in the morning, you know, and um, so then Monday afternoon, three thirty rolls around, and I'm thinking Susan's about to, she's about to get out of school, and I got giddy, I just got giddy. I was like, I can't wait to see her, um, because I just enjoyed her so much. That's what prayer is. It's prayer is the avenue, one of the avenues where we get to enjoy God. Where, you know we we did a whole series on delighting in God, mm-hmm. but that's it. it's a relationship we love God, we want to relate to him we want to be in his presence we, we we want to remind ourselves of who he is we want to we want to enjoy him so that I mean that's the chief i mean that's that's the chief motive is it's a relationship with god it's not a not a box to check it's not an obligation it certainly we feel our need. For God to be present and active and answering prayer and helping us through trial and comforting us when we're sad, certainly all those things are, the, are reality, and that's who God is to us. Like He is our Savior, He is our rescue, He is our comforter. Um, but relationship—that's—that's that's what I you—you've got thoughts.
1: No, and I think that's great. I um I I mean I have a lot of thoughts. It was so funny is that. Like I said, whenever you're in the middle of something, you're studying it intently like I have been with the Sabbath. Um, everything's about the Sabbath. Last year's <laughs> kingdom of God, everything is about the kingdom of God and the covenant of God and how God's steadfast in his love for us. And, and so uh, I have read and have taught Matthew 6 and Luke 11 a lot in 30 plus years of teaching. And so uh when you said turn to Luke eleven, uh well, one of my questions was, which you don't have to answer, uh, is why Luke eleven, not Matthew six, I guess because mm-hmm. 'cause you've been in Luke, maybe that's why. But um is uh Well the, the simple answer, yeah.
0: The simple answer is Luke eleven is where the disciples say, Teach us to pray. Oh, gotcha. Good. good, good Teach good, us good. to pray. Good, yeah. So that's what I was I I was wanting to encourage the congregation that here's these men yeah. that have walked with Jesus. They've seen Jesus perform these miracles, and this unnamed disciple said, Lord, teach us to pray. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's good. And so it, so I, what I try to do, uh, Bible Project, Tim Mackey, he has this thing. No, sorry. Marty Solomon on the Bama, Bama discipleship says this thing of the lullaby effect, is that when we get into a scripture, if you've been in church or have heard scripture, you get into the scripture and you've heard the Scripture, and you just go to sleep.
0: <laughs> the dun, familiarity of it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because Interesting. you
1: already know what it says. So you just tune out because you don't. You already know it. And so Luke 11 is one of those. I mean, how many times? I mean, I was Luke 11. I was trying to find the counterpart. Max looks over. He sees me shuffling through the Bible <laughs> while you're preaching at the very beginning, and I'm trying to find the other counterpart because I'm intrigued. Yeah. And he said, Daddy, it's Matthew 6. <laughs> Because he's one of his memory verses at nice. school. And so, you know, we get into this lullaby effect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I can sing that. I did that as a kid. So I was trying to look at it with fresh eyes, trying to turn yeah, the lullaby off. Yeah, yeah. And and I will say that because of my struggle with prayer, um, I don't force myself to pray. I do it a lot when I'm trying to, when I'm on my own. And I have to say a lot of times, we've talked about this on the podcast, I try to pray back scripture a lot. and. And when I had COVID the first time in November 2020, we've talked about this a lot, I quoted the Psalm 23rd Psalm over and over and over and over again. And and to this day, Freddie, when I know I need to stop and I need to focus on my worth and my value in my Creator, which is prayer to me, I start a lot of times quoting the 23rd Psalm. It sets my mind, it sets my soul to know who I am and who I'm not. And so when you're going through Acts, but you're reading through Luke 11, and we're not going to chase this rabbit, yeah. but if you want to look at Exodus 20 as the Ten Commandments, I just taught on the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. in my Sabbath. It is so funny how the Lord's Prayer and the, the Ten Commandments, which we call the Ten Love Rules or Ten Words, mimic each other almost exactly, that when God, when Jesus brings his disciples, said, this is how you need to pray, he's bringing us back into the character mm. and the glory mm. of who our Creator is, of how he expressed himself, even in the what we would call the arcane Ten Commandments of the obedience rules. They really were not. They were an expression of who mm. God was was and mm-hmm. is and mm-hmm. who he wanted us to become. Yeah. And here Jesus does a much more intimate way of saying, listen, this is who you are. You yeah. are your Father Creator's child, whose name is distinct and not of this world mm. and that you need to honor him. Yes. And know who you are in, in forgiveness yes. and how you horizontally fail with me, that's the last yes. six commandments. Yes. On your father, and mother, yes. don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat. Yes, and how we need to understand what God's brought. Anyway, I thought it was just beautiful. Yeah. how God's bringing us back, and when we pray, just to know who God is and who we are not. Yeah, that we are valued in God, we are not valuable outside of God. Yeah, so, what
0: what I love about the acronym and the flow of it is like you can have like your whole own mini worship service, right? So, like, it's not just prayer. It's not just checking a box. Like, when you move through that adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, it's like you're moving through a worship service. And what I love about it is that it can be 30 seconds or 30 minutes. Like, you literally can move through adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication in 30 seconds. Father, you are holy. Please forgive me for my apathy. Thank you for Jesus and His love, and His death on my behalf. Fill me with Your Spirit today. That's less than thirty seconds, but it's like we just went we just went through a little worship service,
1: you know. That's right. So when you started the church, I know you've told me this story. Um, you you got some of the core group, and you said one of the first things that you did was kind of deconstruct church. Yeah. So church the organization become very overcomplicated sometimes. Yeah,
0: what I said was we were seeking to deprogram Deprogram. over programmed church people.
1: That's right. Yeah. And so I don't I want I want I want me and I and I want the podcast listeners to hear what this sermon series. It's gonna be a two, three, four week or yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So over the period of time, don't lullaby yourself to sleep. Oh Freddie's gonna be talking again about prayer. (laughs) Here's what my challenge is. For myself and for the other listeners, as you're going through this series, let's not overprogram and overcomplicate something as simple and as basic yeah. as fundamental. Yeah. It's not the words you use, it's yeah. the spirit you bring. I know so when I struggle with it, when I was teaching Sunday school, I always say, This is about your posture. Uh, if I did a hook, that's how I would preach the prayer thing. That's how I did it. It's about your posture, it's less about what you say. It's the posture of how you come to God. Mm-hmm. It's that you are sacrificing your time, and you are humbling your spirit to come before your Creator and talk to Him. Yeah, yeah. And He it's will all meet about you
0: about the heart. It's That's all right. about the heart. I encourage people too, like, um, you know, sometimes you sometimes you find yourselves in places of prayer where you feel like you have to start it. You're called upon to pray. Pray. You're you're with a family before a meal, pray. And I encourage people, feel zero obligation to put a time stamp on, if it's your turn to pray, if it's your time to pray, how quickly you ought to begin praying. In other words, let's be really thoughtful about what we want to say to God, right? It is all about the heart. Jesus said, Jesus said out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So, so there's a connection our word you know like our, our words reflect what our, the posture of our heart, but I just think you know like I I like asking people, what do you want to say to God? like what do you want to say to him not what have I heard my uncle say to him? What does the preacher say to him? Let me repeat what I think I'm supposed to say to him, but what do you want to say to your God? So I just you know that's what I want for my kids right? You know, like when we're praying at home, like, I don't want them to pray what they think mom and dad will be excited to hear. Certainly not. I don't want them to pray what they've only heard. I want them to think about what do you want to say to God? And if that takes you a couple of minutes to think about before you actually say it, I think that's wonderful, you know? Let's slow down. and
1: Well, not to end this segment, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of bring us back to where we started with was, you know, one of the mantras that you You got on the plane from Nashville to Phoenix was, well, the mantra was keep it real, keep it Jesus. And prayer's no different, folks. That's right. You know, this is is not something that has this formality to it. God took away the formality when he died on the cross. There was a formality with the Israelite folks, how they could only by proxy, by a representative come to God in a very, very orderly, very formal way of blood sacrifice and all that. But when, when Christ died mm. on the cross, he took the veil away from us and mm. that we can approach our our God, mm. our Creator, our Savior mm. on an everyday, all-day basis. Mm. So just keep it real. That's right. God knows your heart. So God good. knows what you need. He just wants you to come to him yeah. and posture yourself appropriately. So keep it real. Keep it Jesus. That's not. We're not the end of the podcast.
0: No, but that's a good segue to go to a break.
1: But don't stop. We commit to prayer. Just commit to prayer and do it. We'll come back after this. Awesome.
0: The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But man, don't we have a lot of excuses for why we don't honor the Lord with our money? You know, ministry takes money. And when you give, God's work is propelled forward. I want to ask you to pray today. Pray and ask God to strengthen your faith, to deepen your resolve, to invest in His work, in his ministry. Worship the Lord today through your giving. Make a sacrifice. Set up recurring giving so that even when you can't be present at church, your gift is present. Simply text mission to 97000 to set up giving today. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Give to the Lord. Hey, we are back.
1: Community groups. Community groups are going to be in full swing in um, well a month, I think, from our tape. Yeah. Almost. So, community groups. Um, if you are a frequent podcast listener, we beat this. Uh, we beat this <laughs> horse. I hate to say that. That's kind of awful if you're a horse lover. My daughters are horse lovers, but uh, I won't say dead horse. But um, so, community group <laughs> is one of the core things technical word that any church do a small group but what real life does mm-hmm. this is where as what Freddie says over and over where strangers become friends and friends become family and if you don't understand that you have not participated because I right after the taping of this I've got a guy that I haven't known for four months that started a community group halfway through this last year great guy got to know him we've cried together we've laughed together Coffee together. We're going to come here after this and meet for an hour because this is what community group, this is what God's called us to do. This is what I think Tim's last sermon was about, was meeting people where they are, being relational, um, and bringing the good news of what God's done. So we are signing up right now. So you can text MISSION, and that's with two S's in the middle, MISSION, (laughs) to 97000. That's with three zeros at the end. And sign up for community group. You're like, no, 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 I can't do it. Uh, listen, you can do it. Commit to it. Even if you can't show up every week, you will. But if you don't think you can, go ahead and commit to it. Because if you don't commit to it now, you're never going to jump in. And the, you will miss out.
0: The podcast listeners have missed you, Jonathan. <laughs> I don't think so. We have so. missed you. I don't think. So. Um, I love what you just used a word that has kind of uh, dissolved from our vocabulary and it's commitment. Um, and it's, and we've given commitment to so many wrong things. Right. And, um, community groups are the, it's the lifeblood of our church. It's where you're going to be known and cared for best. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's almost like a little mini, it's almost like a little mini church. It's almost like a little house church where you, you find your people, you find your people and they walk with you through difficulty and they celebrate with you. Through the victories, um, they there's support for you. They become friends. You laugh. You cry together. That's you. Just what God's done through your community group is awesome. Here's what I love: is out of your community group, we now have two new community group facilitators. That's right. And um, so our vision as a church is to become a multiplying movement, and that's happened in your community group so beautifully. And people have had such a great experience in your community group that now they want to lead that now they want to lead their own, right? They're like, I can do this. Okay. This is it's not too hard. I I wanna step into this. I wanna step into this leadership that God has for me. And um so we right now, this week are finalizing community group hosts and facilitators. So if you have any, if you're listening to this and you have any inclination toward being a host or a facilitator shoot us a line text mission to 97000 shoot us a line and we'll have a conversation and see if it might work for you you may you may feel like well i want to move toward that but i don't feel like i'm ready to be like the leader you could be a co-leader you could be a co-leader and you could just kind of fill in when your leader's out that kind of thing um uh community groups are are where it's at um and thank you, brother, for being so passionate. Well, let me share this, and yeah. I've
1: shared this with you, and I've shared this with other people. I have multiple hats at work, and multiple hats at home. I, I know I'm not alone in that, podcast listener. Um, and I have multiple multiple hats at church. Um, and I won't go through all the things I do. Podcast is one of those. It, this takes time, Fred. You know That's that, right. Daniel. You That's know right. that takes it. Right. This is not just an easy twenty minute thing. This is setting up, setting down, thinking about it providing, praying for, getting ready for it. But as I tell everybody, and I have a lot of wonderful roles, because all what God has allowed me to participate, mm-hmm. the most important thing that I do is community group leading. And I've even struggled this summer, like, can I even do it this mm-hmm. this fall? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I have, If you would say, the bandwidth to do that. <laughs> and Rachel and I have been literally praying and talking and struggling through what am I going to do. And as of even last night, I, I think I know what we're going to do for this year, but um, it ain't easy. I know you said before, it's easy compared to anybody in Africa getting their head chopped off. But uh, it is. <laughs> I don't it, think I talked about You the did. Yes, you did. Get I remember you saying it very well. Oh my so, gosh. so it's uh it is easy compared to most things, but it will not happen if you do not take the step to do it. That's right. And so just do it. And I'm doing it. Uh, probably don't have the bandwidth like I should. But I'm going to do it. I want you to do it and uh, look forward to what God's got before you when you do.
0: There's a little bit of this sense of like when we count the cost, you know, of a community group, like when we really count the cost of, you know, when I commit myself to this group of people, okay, now on all my Tuesday nights are spoken for, right? And this this value of like radical individualism has crept into the church, right? And we see ourselves first as an individual rather than first as a family member. And one of the things that, that struck me years ago, and I love this, is when when our when our babies were born, when they were when they were in the NICU, they were in the NICU in New York City, the twins, and um most people have experienced this, right? You know, that have had a baby and they see them in the little you know, little plastic incubator. Um, they have their last name up on the card. And it's like baby Wyatt. And what I love about that is the way they identified my kids the moment they were born was what family they belonged to. They identified them by their last name, not their first name. And in our culture, we get that wrong, right? It's like all about us, right? It's all about our status and it's all about our name and it's all about everything that we're doing. But community group is an opportunity for us to reorient ourselves to reality. Where we remind ourselves every Tuesday night or every Monday night or every Sunday night, no, I'm I'm not a like a radicalized individual. I'm a privileged family member, and you know it, it. Somebody once said, like, you can take a Sabbath or a Sabbath will take you, right? I I think there's a sense in which like you can step into community group or community group will have to step into you. You know, like. You can try to live life disconnected from authentic community, but you're going to eventually burn out because God designed us to flourish in community. And when we, you know, there's seasons of life where we, you know, somebody's going to college and they're taking classes at night and, you know, what you know the different seasons with your kids where you may not need to be in a community group. So I'm not trying to lay like a rigid law, but I am trying to describe reality the way God made us, and God designed human beings to flourish when we're living in the context of committed, covenanted community, and we we see this, you know, not to go too long or or deeply theological, but we really see this in the person of who God is. God, as you mentioned earlier today, he's Father, Son, and Spirit, so God has existed outside of time and space in eternity past in community, and then he created us in his image, and what that means is we're to reflect who he is, so if we're going to rightly reflect who God is, we too must live in community because God has existed as one God but three persons in community. There's something deeply profound there that when we experience it, it's it's like the stars align. You know, when we experience real community, we realize this is what God made me for. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it requires vulnerability, um, but it's right. It's right, and. Um, there's something in our soul that sings when we put ourselves in community. It's hard, it takes time, it takes commitment. You got to let your yes be yes, like you know we encourage people like count the cost, don't be flaky, like don't sign up for a community group and then come once every three weeks, right? Like no, go all in and then just enjoy what God imparts into your life uh, through it. Um, we don't we don't mean to like over spiritualize it, you know. On one hand, it really is a simple—you come together and care for one another, and laugh and love and pray. Um, but I appreciate your passion for it. It's you're, you are a great leader in our church that influences others to step into this, brother. So
1: if you're missing something, you feel like church is not everything you thought it should be. Let me stop. You are on your phone most likely listening to this podcast. Hit the little text app. Nine mission to nine seven triple zero. Click on the community group, sign up, and then like tonight you'll be like, oh, "Did I really do that?" Yeah, you did, and
0: it'll be worth it. For clarity, for clarity, this week you can you can indicate interest in hosting or facilitating, yeah. and then in about two weeks we'll launch signups, and you can actually sign up to be
1: in a Good group. Clarification. So Good right. clarification. Good. So uh, just do it. As I said, just do it. because <laughs> hey, you know why we need to keep it real. Keep it, Jesus.
0: Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.